everyone to this podcast, to this podcast, which is uh, titled Mean, mean Girls, Girls Interrupted. Interrupted. We all don't even know the name <laughs> of our own podcast. <laughs> and I'm John. And I'm Travis. And uh, this is and my bowels pod- are yes. something, something to behold. Yes, there's something to I was going to try to like t- turn behold into like to sound like bowels, but it didn't work out. Hey, it could look honestly. We don't have to do anything we don't want to today. Yeah. yeah it's our yeah. day. We don't have to rhyme. <laughs> we don't. None okay. of this makes any sense anyway. But you know what does make sense? Uh, uh, the, what we do here makes oh, yes, sense. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Because what we do, Travis, yes. can, you, can uh, you describe to the children? Oh, yes, yes. Hi. Hi, kids. What are you doing here? This is an explicit podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we, anyway, oh. if you're here. Uh, then you're, when you're here, you're family. Yeah. That was our Olive Garden plug. Uh, we just had to get that sponsor out of the way. So that's what we're doing. But what we are doing is this podcast, Mean Girls Interrupted is a movie. It's, I guess, a review ish. We don't really get professional insight into this. We just kind of like talk about it. We kind of just talk about the movie. We'll give you a rundown of what the movie yeah. is. There's going to be spoilers. Imagine like, imagine like you are our dragons. best friend. Dragons. Imagine dragons. You are imagining dragons <laughs> and never going to an Imagine Dragons concert. No, not at all. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't know. It's not because I hate the music so bad. That's just part of it. It's oh. mostly because I don't, I don't trust the type of person who would pay to go to see Imagine Dragons in earnest. John, I know who it is that's going. Like, who is that? It's people who wear their gym clothes outside of the gym. Oh, yeah. That's who's at an Imagine Dragons show. I swear to you, Mm. that is Mm -hmm. the target audience. Yeah, and they never sweated once inside those gym clothes. (laughs) John, I'm not even sure if I know a single person who listens to Imagine Dragons, Yeah, which is weird. I mean, I, I know... I know some songs that's just because it's like thrown in your face via like commercials and stuff. You know what yeah, I mean? I do. And but I'm like, ugh. Anyway, enough about them. More uh, about uh, us. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so I yeah, wanted that to, that I wanted that to like, you know, bounce around with your vocals. Thank you. It harmonized. <laughs> yeah, I did. I, was I, had to, I had to like put my finger up to my ear and like have tone. a little, yeah. <laughs> sorry, um, everyone. My moment. Uh, yeah. it was beautiful. But anyway, so here, here on Mean Girls, Mean Girls Interrupted, we, we're your best friend sitting on a couch, a sofa, talking about a movie that we just watched together. We are. That's, that's basically the vibe. So if that's a vibe that you're into, we're going to spoil some shit it. for you. Oh yeah. Um, Spoilers for sure. Which is fine because look, a lot of these movies that we're watching are old. If you haven't seen this one, Panic yeah. Room is what we're doing today. We're doing uh, Panic Room today. I've never watched this, John. This no, is I have the watched, first time. I watched this in the movie theater. That's wild. I was you, in high school. Did you know then that Kristen Stewart was a lesbian? Because <sighs> when I watched this, I was like, oh. Yeah, there full, it is. Yeah. Um, full lesbian. I wouldn't say I was like aware of it. I, I <laughs> liked the fact that... Um, okay, so anyway, for for context, everybody. Oh, so yes, yes, yes. So this is today we're talking about the Panic Room, which is directed by David Fincher, which I did not know. And uh, yeah, so he's like hot off the tails of like Fight Club. Um, so and he, so he has like that green cast. Did you notice? Fucking, everyone's fucking green in this movie. He has a green cast that he does. He puts like this yeah. weird. There's a weird tone in David it's Fincher's like his, movies. It's his signature. It yeah. is, which I don't mind. But at the same time, I was like, it was very saturated in this particular movie. Oh, they, he loved using green. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, why is K Stu's pale ass face green and brown? Oh, yes, she is very. But yeah. OK, I'm so sorry. I just anyway, had to. So green. So it's a, for visuals. You have, you have a very saturated green brown color palette uh, throughout, which actually it, it works, works for this. It works. It kind of works. It, W.E.R.K. Yeah, bitch, work. Uh, work. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, this stars, it stars Jodie Foster. Oh, it's, yes. And it stars um, a young Kristen Stewart. Like she's probably 12. She's pre-lesbian. Um, <laughs> she's pre-lesbian. But also Jodie Foster in this was not out. Jodie Foster is barely out now. Like, Listen, the thing is, oh, you want to hear something funny? People yes. who are driving 
it's funny to me, but people <laughs> who drive slow in front of me, I like to call them Slody Foster. Yes. <laughs> so like, okay, get out of here, Slody Foster. <laughs> yes. No joke. So that, that's my <laughs> joke for all of you. Um, but anyway, I hereby. But the, the reason why I wanted to watch this oh, movie in the theater yes, yes, yes. In, in high school was be, like uh, it came to our small town. It, it was a. It would, so it was distributed by uh, Columbia, which is Sony Pictures. And so it was a very massive release and it, it was supposed to be a very big thriller. So, um, uh, yeah. So whenever it came out, I was I, in high school. Fight Club was my favorite movie. Oh, yeah. I, and, I know you were the one who introduced me to Chuck anyway. Yeah. And also, you know what? I think you so, loaned uh, me Fight Club, by the um, way, the book. May, possibly because I remember like also Invisible Monsters. You was, did absolutely. Well, I have that. I, I was, have the cover I was of a not tattoo supposed on to be arm. reading. Yes, it's true. <laughs> I was not supposed to be um, reading that kind of stuff as like a fourteen-year-old. Like, yes, you were. But you like, were supposed to. I was fully. I was a full fan of Chuck Palahniuk, <laughs> and because of David Fincher's Fight Club, and so whenever <laughs> he came out with Panic Room, I was like, love Jodie Foster. Yeah, and yeah. I, I have to do this whole thing. And I loved it at the time. I didn't watch it until no joke. Three days ago. It's been how many years? 20. Yeah. When did this movie come out? 2002. 2002. Yeah. John, why didn't you invite me to the movies? Um, I'm pretty sure I did. I'm just kidding. No movies. I I'm would all go mad by about my, it. I'm all like, mad about it. 20 years <laughs> later. <laughs> I wouldn't really go that much with friends until later. Like That's true. We did see Eon flux together, but we're not talking uh, yeah. about that. Yeah. We're not, maybe that'll be another time. Uh, or never again. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably that one. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, um, uh, what I love about this whole thing, just an introduction of like the world around it is like as a young closeted gay in high school, yeah. I kind of like it, this movie sort of spoke to me in ways. And I, I watched it again last night for, for this, for this discussion. And I'm like, I'm getting gay vibes from, from Jodie Foster, from Case Stew. Like I'm getting like I'm like they're from they're, Forrest Whitaker from Forrest Whitaker <laughs> <laughs> and maybe and also it kind of reminded me that David Fincher is is quite homoerotic and in, in in Fight Club like you like that comes across. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of sweaty shirtless <laughs> men fighting each other. Yeah. And then and then while I was watching it, I was on the Internet and I was looking. I was like, I was like, you know what? I haven't checked in with Chuck Palahniuk in a while. And did you know that he came out as gay? Chuck? Yes. Yeah. I didn't know that. Wait. <laughs> I, was like the, I was like the biggest Chuck Palahniuk fan. Wait. I, I, I didn't realize that he had come out of the closet and that he also has had a partner since the 90s. Yeah, John, this is... The, is it common I, knowledge? I, I, yeah. Are I you kind surprised of, and appalled? No, I'm not even appalled. <laughs> I'm surprised because I thought that one of the main reasons why you were such a fan of his is because he was a queer writer. Uh, no, I had, I had zero idea oh. until last night, <laughs> which, which totally tracks apparently because it's like invisible monsters. There's a, it's a it talks so about sexuality. Gay. It's very queer. There's trans, uh, uh, themes, there's characters who are trans and it's all and like the husband like is found yeah. getting fucked by a, like, uh, yeah. like a kitchen staff at a wedding in a closet. Uh-huh. Like literally in the closet. Oh, he is in the closet. <laughs> As everything burns down around them. Yeah. And like, and also choke has kind of like very queer themes. It's, it's not necessarily gay, but it's very like, all of the themes are very queer. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why I thought, oh, sorry, but here we are. We're off subject oh, again. <laughs> yes. Sorry. So panic room guys. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I was very much a, a track that like, you know, like Jodie Foster would eventually come out after this movie and Kristen Stewart would, would grow up and eventually come out of the closet. Well, John, it's weird because I kind of <laughs> thought that I always kind of thought Jody was out. So whenever she like found, when I found out she was out, I was like, you're like, come on, this guys. didn't happen. Yeah. I had the same moment with the Chuck Palin up with you. <clears throat> Um, yeah, but I kind of yeah. always thought she was out, but I think, I think it was, she just didn't talk about it. She probably didn't. Yeah, she, she was like, like, I need to keep my she's, career. She's almost like one of those. I don't want to compare because gross, but like like a Kevin Spacey. Like, you know how like everyone knows, but nobody talks about it. 
I feel like she was that. And then she, and then she accepted some yeah. kind of an award and like halfway came out. <laughs> She's just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. So, um, but yeah, but she is, is married but and has children, but yeah, yeah but no, but yeah, but no. <laughs> anyway, so, um, uh, panic room with the view, uh, came out in 2002. <laughs> it, it did very well for itself. Did you look into the financing? Of I this? actually, John, I didn't look into anything. I was like, John's got this. I'm going <laughs> to let him take this. I want all the surprises like coming you're gonna from you. going to stand on her shoulders. Yes. I am going to ride those <laughs> coattails today. I'm not bringing anything to the table. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, by the way, I hate that line anyway. Like, Which one? The stand on her shoulders thing. Oh, oh. It's not so you can look tall enough to buy alcohol or what? (laughs) It's like, it's the thing. It's something that people say. I'm like, okay. Well, those people can, because I have never heard it. It's a fun catchphrase. But, uh, so anyway, um, so this thing up here, uh, it, it did, it did extraordinarily well is what I'm trying to say. It had a, it had a, a budget of $48 million. Okay. Now, this is written by a very high-priced screenwriter called David Kep. He is like, he's been around in the biz for a while, and he wrote this, uh, what's called a spec script, which is not based on anything. It's just like his original thought. Um, <clears throat> so he sold it to Sony for $4 million, this, just the script. Like, oh, right. Well, like, good. Yeah. So they're fully invested in this thing. They get David Fincher, who was a big uh, coming into his own after Fight Club. And so did you know this originally, you know, who was set to play Jodie Foster's character? Uh, don't say Nicole Kidman. I am saying Nicole Kidman. Shut the front door. We, cannot, we cannot get away from Nicole Kidman. I, oh, do you cool. love that though? I actually kind of do. She's haunting us. Can you see it though? Like I, her John? locked in a panic room. No joke. <laughs> I kind of can. And so she actually went so far as to film two weeks of it. 20 days. She, she, she did? Yeah. So there's like did some. Did they fire like, her? Uh, no, she actually uh, had a hairline fracture of the knee. So she wasn't <laughs> able to do all the running around and shit. Yeah, of course. Something <laughs> had to do with the hairline, didn't it? Yeah, so <laughs> wigs, wig joke, wig burn, dragging her for the wigs. It's always the wig. I bet she would have had like a wig in this too. I kind of, and because of the whole like green like filter around you it, like you, you probably would have been able to catch the lace front. I really wish we could live in a universe where she had completed filming. You know there's footage of those first 20 days and I'm just like, I'm just hoping it comes out one day. But like, so, so she was acting her face off with K-Stew, baby K-Stew. They should have just let her play uh, the realtor. She's like, you know what? I can only do this on my knees from here on out. She's like, it's fine. I'll sit in a chair. <laughs> she's just like wheeling around in yeah, an office just, chair. <laughs> um, anyway, or like she's just being pushed around by case too. <laughs> in an office chair. <laughs> I would watch that movie. <laughs> Me as well. <laughs> but anyway, so like, so they had to recast her 20 days into the shoot. Wow. And so they, so Jodie Foster came in like hail Mary past it. Uh, I, I think that's a, a term that sports people use. It is. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it actually applies, but I just love Hail Mary. No, it, listen, I'm not sure what a Hail Mary is, but I, you yeah. are using it in the correct context, I believe. Okay, cool. So she <laughs> Hail Marys it and uh, and the scene flawlessly delivers a performance here, I think. I uh, So let's do you want to get into go. the synopsis here just so everybody knows what we're doing? Let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I want to give it like a quick, we can give it a quick run. How about we do things it's a little a very different simple, today? Yeah. It's a very simple premise. So I let's think it's do it okay. a little bit different today. Sure. So sure. Sure. We're going to give this a quick synopsis rundown. And then I kind of want to go over this because when I, I, like I said, I've never watched this movie before. So I had fresh brain, fresh eyes. Yeah. And it had this. been a while for me. Like it was brand new to my, my little brain. <laughs> <laughs> my little peanut. And um, so we're just going to kind of give it a quick rundown. So basically 
Slody Foster and Kristen Stewart, <laughs> they move into this house. They're convinced to buy it that day by some, I don't know who it is. She's a realtor. Who like a is, broker, a realtor. I don't know the whole New York realty scene. We're in New York oh, City, by the way. Honestly, she's so annoying. And I'm glad she was only in the movie for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. John, she was so annoying. Did you see that fur collar she was wearing? I'm uh, like, yeah, girl. I saw everything. Her fucking tweed suit, which I'm yeah. like, girl, it's pie. very 2002. It wasn't for me. Also, the other guy was like, I want to show my house. He's like, can I show my house? You're like, fucking where show the house. They're Who already cares? here. Let them like, look around. That was so like, annoying like to me. He's like the bitchiest queen in the world, by the way. Right. So, okay. He's like, so, I can't be bothered to make $15 million off this house. No, he literally, they just walk in. Uh, also, literally counter. I'm so sorry for everyone who listened to last episode. <laughs> right. I say the word literally probably 600 times. I I literally love love it. I love so it. So I'm going to uh, I'm going to watch my words because I have some, and I'm going to try to not a say public it this apology time. right. I now. have to issue this because it's a trigger. Some people yeah. hate when over. I hate when words are overused, and I also hate using it. I only hate the word literally whenever it's coming out of a um, asshole like a. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm like, a going in like, and it's all literally. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So my apologies. <laughs> now they're in New York city. The whole movie takes place basically in this house. All right. That's what we're getting at. They go upstairs. The realtors like, by the way, here's a panic room. And Slody Foster is like, I'm kind of worried about this. And the lady's like, no, it's perfectly fine. It'll keep you safe. And she's like, cool, cool, cool. A plus plus. They yeah. buy oh, the fun house. Fun fact. Fun yeah. fact. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. <clears throat> what doesn't make it to the screen here was an original um, opening scene where she it's exposited that she uh, is extraordinarily claustrophobic and they never even talk about it in the movie. You do. You do kind of get, get the vibe. But they don't do get but in the in the screenplay, the oh, original yeah, yeah. screenplay, it's like in that moment, it's like explicitly talked about and why. Oh yeah. And why? <clears throat> yeah, so you get a little character backstory that is in the, so I like it a little more understated where they just kind of like show it. Me too, because it wouldn't have worked. Like who else would love to be in a tiny room? I also don't <laughs> think it would have worked if she had been if they had gone with that, because both of them had to work together. Basically, we're going to move it. This movie starts quick, everyone. It very much does, and I appreciate that. I also love when a movie starts. Speaking of another Kristen Stewart movie, Underwater starts <gasps> yes. like this. <clears throat> Underwater is um, an I, under underrated movie. I think it's because it came out. That, that was the last. I think we've I've said this a million times. That was the last movie I saw in the theater before the pandemic happened. John, I fully loved Underwater. Yeah, I liked her. I liked her look in that too. Like me that as blonde, well. short hair. The glasses well. were also giving me like Warby Parker realness. Yeah, she was very, um, she was giving butch queen. Yeah, like with her crop top and like her little hot pants. I'm like, she actually yes, looked queen, really work. hot, dude. Kristen yeah. Stewart is hot. Yeah, and also so, how did that daddy long leg get all the way down there? That's what she was wondering, but then everything went to shit. So if you guys have never watched Underwater, <laughs> we're going to give it a five now and we might talk about it later. Anyway, but we're, we're talking about Panic we're Room. We're talking about Panic Room. So, anyway, so sorry we keep the, doing it's the this. First, it's the first night in their new giant, <laughs> enormous house. Oh, Jodie Foster. Huge. Guess what? Jodie Foster, she's newly single. She's in the middle yes. of a ugly ass divorce and her husband's paying for this yeah and so um they go to sleep she's all like sad and like a little wine drunk and um guess what happens while they're asleep three three burglars uh robbers three people forrest whitaker um that country singer whose name i can't remember who i was shocked that dwight yoakam was in this i had no clue and for all of you out None there, other than the Jared Leto, the Jared Leto. Now, for, uh, uh, is that how you say his name? Jared Leto? I don't know. I just, I don't, I honestly nor don't do care. I care to know. <laughs> Listen, for all of you out here, if you must know, Jared Leto or Leto, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. 
He is not my cup of tea. I'm not um, going to say anything about Travis, him. Travis has uh, strong feelings uh, in the negative about Jared Leto. And I would say. It's the vibes, dude. I would say weird. it reads on screen through whatever fucking method acting character thing that he's doing. It reads strange. It's very <laughs> creepy. It's and very. Uh, but this is this is Jared Leto. Um, this uh, is after um, this is the, after his Fight Club cameo thing. Uh, um, but this is before or like right before his like 30 seconds to Mars fame. But also, was this before or after his movie with Jennifer Connelly? The uh, um, oh, after, after, yeah. This was after. <clears throat> uh huh. Yeah, that movie after got Requiem him. for a Dream, right? This is what yeah. made him. Yeah. So Requiem okay. for a Dream like got him these studio things. That's what. Okay, that's what I was thinking. All right. So anyway, they all show up to the house. <clears throat> yeah. You guys, I have come in my throat and it won't come out. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, that was really gross. I don't. So the, so Forrest Whitaker, who's like the, the lead bad guy who is maybe kind of good. He, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So the, there's like, uh, they, those three break into the house while Jodie Foster and Kate, baby case two are, yeah. are sleeping. Gay still. Yeah, gay stew. There and we uh, go. happy pride, everybody. Slowly foster, gay stew, happy pride. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and uh, so, they, so they, they break in and they didn't, re- they thought, they assumed that this place was going to be empty because Jared Leto's character is related to the, to the person who died, the, the, the previous owner who has died and that's why this place is up for sale in the first place. And yeah, they yeah, are yeah. here. They're here because somewhere inside the house, there's some kind of a treasure to be troved. Money. Yeah. Money is to be had in this There home. is Monty Hunty. Yes, there is. And, uh, <laughs> so they, uh, uh, yeah. So they didn't expect people to have moved in there and they're like, fuck complication. What do we do? And Dwight Yoakam's character, oh. who's weirdly named Raul, even though he's white and he's, he has a ski mask on this entire time. Well, I mean, Jared Leto's and cornrows. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about that. Uh-uh. Jared Leto is, is, uh, I would, I would say rocking cornrows, but not rocking. <laughs> he the is not rocking them. They don't belong on his head. It's actually really weird that they would include those because he's supposed to be the caregiver of the person yeah. who died. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, so I, I feel like there, I feel like that's like a, a choice. Like maybe like Jared Leto like sat in the makeup hair and makeup chair and was like, you know what, John, I think I'm going to, can you, can do I tell rows? you, I demand cornrows. I, I am not shitting you. I, told this to my coworker. I said, I watched the panic room and I said, I think that he chose cornrows because he was trying to have character development. Uh, yeah. So it doesn't anyway, work. It's distracting to it say the least. It doesn't work and it's annoying. It's very annoying because every single shot of him and he's in this movie quite a bit, like oh. every <laughs> single shot of him, I'm not looking at his face. I'm looking nope. at his head. No, because it's weird and it's out of place and it makes no sense for the character. Right. Go off, like go off queen, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Go off queen work, bitch. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so um, they, so they're, they're downstairs. These three robbers are like trying to sort out what to do from here. Now that they're, they discover people are in here. Yeah. And then it's uh, it's revealed that somebody brought guns to the party. <laughs> yep. And guns are never, yeah. never to be at parties. Yeah. And they're like, why do you have a gun? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway. So while they're like talking and stuff, Jodie Foster wakes up with a little bit of a hangover, goes to the bathroom, goes. And also she uh, she had programmed. Uh, she she woke up the panic room, which has like a bank of of security cameras yes. in, within it. And so uh, she realizes that the light is still on in there and it's like hurting her eyes. So she goes in and then she catches the monitors where these, where she spots people in the house. So she runs, she runs on over, uh, um, wait, how does this go down? It's kind of pretty good. She runs, they know that she's there. So what happens is they can hear her walking. They hear her walking upstairs and they all pipe down. Then, then they hear her running and And they're like, 
That's their cue to run up the stairs. They're like, oh, great. She knows we're in this house. Now it's time. Now it's time. So she grabs Gay Stu and they are off to the races. So they book it to the panic room. Barely just in time, the door closes um, and seals shut before the robbers can get to them. So they're almost there. They're in the room. They almost get them. It was a race to the panic room. So they lock themselves into the panic room where they... Spoiler alert, they haven't they haven't attached the phone line. So because it's the first night in a new house. First night she attached one line, but she forgot to attach the line in the panic room. Yeah. So the um, so uh, long story short, they uh, are locked inside this panic room with robbers outside. However, what they came for is inside the panic room. Yep. So now there's a problem. So that's a complication. Now that's a problem. Um, Yeah. So uh, over the course of the whole second act, it's them doing various different uh, things to keep robbers out while robbers are trying to get in. I do. I did appreciate. um, I did appreciate in the movie when they are in there, when you speak on that, mm -hmm. when uh, uh, Kristen Stewart's character, whose name I cannot remember. Um, um, Little baby case do. Baby case too. She uh, figures out to do Morse code to the guy across the street. Um, mm-hmm. And they have to pump and they're like pumping the air out uh, with the, because um, what happens is, and we can tell you what happens or not. Uh, right. They're pumping, what, like yeah. propane into this. So um, they're, the robbers are like trying to figure out what to do. And um, they're trying to force them. out. They try to gas them out because uh turns out Forrest Whitaker's <laughs> character works for the company that creates panic rooms. So he designs panic rooms and that's why he's on this gig in the first place. Cause he knows how to get in and out of it. Yep. Um, uh, so anyway, so he sees on the, in the garden area that there is a propane. Um, what do they call those grills? Propane tank. Straight, straight people use them all the time. Yeah. Uh, 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 grills, a grill. Yeah. Grill uh, with like oh yes, yes, yes. They do hamburgers. <laughs> yes, yes, like Day a tiny, yes, a tiny grill. Yes. And uh, so there's a little propane tank on there. So he's like, okay, grab the hose. And then he taps into the air supply line, like the vent line. And uh, he uh, tries to gas them out with propane. And I like that moment. I thought that was a cool, I thought that was a cool moment. I also, I don't know how, I've never spoken to propane. I don't know anything about <laughs> propane. No propane personally. So I don't know how <laughs> propane blows up when it chooses to do so. But I thought that was a really cool scene. I liked when it she too. lit the lighter, but I... So like they're, I said. They're, they're choking and gasping for air. They find a little vent to the outdoors courtyard area and they're like trying to suck in breath and it's not working. It's not working. So Jody Foster, uh, Slody Foster. Slody Foster, um, yeah. She, she opens up all these containers and finds um, a lighter. So she goes into the vent with like these with like a with like a fire blanket on and she takes a giant risk and and lights lights that shit on fire to get it out of there oh and it blows up that propane tank on the other side in the room of all the robbers and jared jared leto and his cornrows i don't know how they didn't burn off his head they get melty they get melty and so does his skin and now everything everything is changed so the whole dynamic has changed now yeah so not only is it like an effort to just survive it also uh, creates the it sort of increases the stakes at this point because yeah. like because Jodie Foster is like they're willing to kill us to get in here and likewise bitch and now I have to be willing to kill them so now the dynamics changed because Dwight Yoakam and his dumb mask also he is very he's a very strange he's a very strange person. Um, Dwight Yoakam as a person or the character? Both. Probably both. Yeah. It's reading on camera. (laughs) It's like, he seems to be a very strange individual, but I will say he gave a pretty good performance. And I I would say good on him. Good on him. I think he's acted in things before for sure. Like I thought it was the weirdest casting choice. I didn't know that was him. Yeah. And I had no clue that was him. And also like, like good on him for like, I think it was a good choice to be covered with a ski mask the entire time. John, but you want to know what I was thinking? I truly thought this. 
I was taking a shower and I was like, he had to wear a ski mask this entire movie. Yeah. That had to be so uncomfortable. Uh, like, like, yeah, like a wool, like a wool. He was beanie. a literal main yeah. character. Yeah. He's like in it. So he is in it, in it. But I think it was a very good choice. Like, I don't know if it was a director choice or if it's specified in the um, in the script, was, but I think it's a great choice to do that because it comes into play later. It does. Um, oh, so we were at the part where it blows up. Are we going to move into when my favorite scene happens? Because I think it what's happens your pretty scene? quickly. My favorite scene happens shortly after this when Jared Leto decides it's too much for him. He's going to quit. Oh, right. Why don't you take it away from here? So, so Jared, I'll set it up. So a thing. So, yes, um, yes. so because, because things are getting a little too hot, literally Jared Leto suffers burns from that gas fire. And he's just like, you know what? Fuck this. Um, I'm calling this whole deal off. Here's, here's like a wad of cash. Goodbye. But he reveals in his little rant before he tries to leave that there's a lot more money in that panic room than he, then he um, told, Led on. told these two guys. Um, so he actually gets caught in a lie and then a take big, it away. Uh, he actually gets caught in like a millions and millions of dollars difference lie. Right. And Dwight Yoakam's character, Raul, for some reason, is they're all very upset now. And Jared Leto's like, uh, peace out. I'm leaving here. Yeah. I am leaving and they're like, no, you're not. And then Raul says, you're not leaving here alive and shoots Jared Leto right in the fucking face. And yeah, uh, like on his way out, he's like, has the door open to the yep. little antechamber. And he and he's like turning around, gets shot in the head. Dies. Like, yeah, his body spins around. Dies That's on my the favorite part. That's my favorite part of the movie because now I don't have to see him any longer. <laughs> yeah, and I think it like for for storytelling purposes, great, great um, turn of events, a culmination, also, if you will. Yes, and also, as John was saying, Jared Leto had opened the door, and guess who was standing at the door as his character got shot? Yeah, Slody Foster's soon-to-be ex-husband, who she had figured out a way. How to call, to call him. So, yeah. So backtracking here, because there is a fun fact involved. So he, so right. So just to sum that up, uh, Jared Leto's character is dead with the door open. And whenever they drag his body further inside, they turn and Jodie Foster's ex-husband is standing in the doorway. And so they, they, they grab him up yep. real quick. And guess what? Um, now, new plot point. This is where the plot takes another turn. <clears throat> yeah. But um, before we do that, uh, so going back to how yeah, Jodie yeah. Foster reaches out to her husband is uh, they do they do like some antics where um, they they rip off the, the wall phone of the panic room and they they find the telephone line inside the wall and they, they, they rig it and they're able to dial out briefly before Forrest Whitaker is wise to their game and cuts Destroys. the phone lines. Yeah. So before he cuts the phone lines <laughs> though, she's able to uh, call nine one one, but there's an extremely long wait time. Yes. Which is very realistic actually. Honestly. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. They're like, oh, we're going to put you on hold. Yeah. It's like, I'm lit. I'm going like to I'm be dying. murdered. I'm uh, going to so, be murdered. <laughs> and, uh, so is she, uh, case baby case dude's like, call dad. And she's like, okay. And, uh, so she calls, um, the, her ex-husband and the ex-husband's mistress, new wife answers, <laughs> which I, I do. I love that part. But she's like, a, put my husband great, on the phone, bitch. She's like, and then she's like, it's your fucking wife. And so uh, I love that character. Play. <laughs> Just a voiceless character. Yeah. But guess who, guess not who's, a voiceless, voicing, sorry. Guess who who's that? voicing that uncredited character who? of, of the, of the, the mistress wife. Guess who Please that is? Please tell me it's Nicole Kidman. It's Nicole Kidman. Are you kidding? You're going to have to go back and listen to it again. Are you kidding me? I am not kidding. John, I love this fact. Thank you for taking <laughs> us back to this because that was a good fact. Thank you. John, and, um, that uh, was one uh, of my favorite parts as well. Outside of Jared Leto dying. Yeah. Uh, so, so Nicole Kidman started out as the star of the panic room <laughs> and she has been reduced down to an uncredited disembodied voice of a groggy, <laughs> that like, is... bitchy woman. Wait, <laughs> somebody should have just given her an award anyway. Yeah, they're like, it's like, it's a fun cameo fact, a little Easter egg. Yeah. So, um, okay. Yeah. Oh, so going back to but good on where, her for doing that though. Right. 
I'm telling you what, that's, that's good spirit. Like she has good spirit. Yeah. It's like, it kind of like, yeah. lets me know that she's like, she's cool. She's down for it. She's like, you know, I couldn't do it, but I'm going to be yeah. a part of this. And I wonder if that was like a conversation where like, I mean, this is sort of pre cell phone uh, craze. So I imagine he, uh, she got like a phone call from David Fincher and was like, Hey, do you want to like say this one line? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess whatever. They yeah. should have at least given her a credit. Uh, no, it's totally uncredited. Damn. Yeah. Well, that's so, okay. Anyway, um, that's Nicole Kidman on the phone where she's like, it's your fucking wife. And then so <laughs> she, but she hands the phone over just in time for yes. Jodie Foster to say, there are three men. Phone's dead now. Yeah, there are three men. Whatever. And then fast forward again to Jared Leto dying. They capture the, the husband. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. And so, um, uh, yeah. And so they rough this guy up and tumble and, uh, they, they, um, so what happens here from this sequence is the, 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 um, ticking time bomb that they have been building up this entire time, uh, with baby K stews, um, diabetes situation. Yep. Yep. She has like type one diabetes and, um, uh, they build that up from the very beginning and they do they keep coming back to it and doing like breadcrumbs throughout this entire time of being like, she has one of those little, at the time it was a very advanced piece of machinery, the little watch um, that shows the blood sugar level constantly. Yes. In 2002, I think that was like a rarity. Which is weird because I was like, how does this bitch have a smart watch? I was like, <laughs> I hadn't even yeah. like considered. It, like, does look like, it does look like an apple. It was, it was like, it was like a predicting the, the smart watch. Yeah, I was like, yeah, but I was also thinking, I'm like, they are rich. So they did have access to better things. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was like literally had, 10 years before the iPhone. John, I had not considered that it was a monitor for her glucose. Like, oh, really? <laughs> it was a glucose monitor, but at the time it was very high tech. Yeah, um, which makes sense. And right now, this is when I'm learning that okay. that's what that was. You just accepted that it was a smartwatch in 2002. No, I'm not joking. I had just <laughs> taken it right out. I was like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she was so a baby case too is from the future and she has a smartwatch that well, tells her her glucose levels. <laughs> I mean, look, here's the thing, though. In my head, when I saw that, it took me out of it being in a in a time that was 2002. Because I was thinking right. the technology like it could be now. <laughs> she had a cell phone and she had a cell phone that wasn't a Nokia brick. So at the time I was but it thinking it was Nokia. It was Nokia. Because you see that prominently on the screen. <laughs> also, the beginning of that movie was full of advertisements. Just yeah. Yeah. Tommy Hilfiger. Full of advertisements. Yeah. Uh, this whole thing was like the every time it cuts to a security camera monitor, it's a Sony. Did you notice when she was carrying that box, her hands were carefully placed not to be over the label of the company who of provided the, Mayflower the boxes? Moving Company? Yes. Yeah. May, also <laughs> a giant Mayflower moving truck in the middle of the street. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. they really, they found their way to get Man, it. Man. Yeah. It's like this movie was paid for before they even shot it. Dude. It, uh, it, oh, it absolutely was. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, uh, where were we? Oh yeah. So anyway, so the ticking time bomb finally explodes, which is K- baby case do little baby case do. She starts to go into a diabetic coma. Yes. Uh, so she's seizing out and, um, uh, they can see on the monitors that the husband, the ex-husband is being like roughed up and blah, 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 blah. And, uh, or like they can hear him being, uh, roughed up. Uh, and, uh, so she, but she needs to get to some, some insulin like right yes. now. So, um, she sees, uh, Rahul and Forrest Whitaker's character drag. No, no, I, I lied. So anyway, okay. so she sees Forrest Whitaker dragging, um, what seems to be Rahul's, um, unconscious body down the stairs. And she's like, okay, I, this is my chance. I can take a risk and go grab some insulin real quick and come back. So she opens the panic room with little baby case to like unconscious on the ground. She darts over to baby case Stu's room, grabs insulin from her little mini fridge, um, which at the time in 2002, as a teenager sharing my bedroom with my brother, I was jealous that there was a mini fridge inside of a bedroom. And I'm like, and also, she's spoiled. Yeah. And also how big her bedroom was. 
very large. Um, uh, anyway, so she, uh, so she grabs the insulin, but while this is happening, she, um, uh, it is revealed that, uh, the body that was being dragged down the stairs by Forrest Whitaker is a decoy. It is, it is. her husband with Rahul's ski mask on yep. and, uh, to hide his identity from the cameras. And so, but in, in the bedroom, right outside the panic room is a very conscious Rahul who, while she's, uh, out getting, um, insulin goes into the panic room. Yep. And, um, along with, along with Forrest Whitaker, who's now back up the stairs, who's like, now back up the stairs, they, all, they, they tricked her, it. they tricked her. And, uh, so, um, they shut they they shut um, Jodie Foster <laughs> went up on her name. They, they, they shut Jodie Foster out of the room, but she is able to throw in the insulin before the door closes. But so it now, also closes on Raul's fingers and it cuts does. them off. It, it it fully smashes the fuck out of the door shuts and seals over Dwight oh. Yoakam's fingers. And it's a John, great moment. It is. I, I was thinking, can you even imagine? It's like. And he's wearing like these these latex gloves. <clears throat> and I imagine that whenever so they eventually open the door briefly <laughs> to get his hands out. And um, you do see him scoop his fingers up off the floor. Yeah. Go back and watch that. He grabs two fingers <laughs> off the floor. You got to save them. It's crazy. <laughs> but I imagine inside of his latex gloves, there's just like floating Pull, fingers. Pulling blood. Yeah. Like, it's, it's Gnarls Barkley. Oh, so, so his, like, he's already a murderous bench. He's a murderous so, uh, murderer. Uh, yeah. So, he, so this, like, adds, like, fuel to his flame. Like, he's, like, so, like, he's, like, willing to kill everyone in the house at this point. Yeah. With his newly smashed fingers. Yeah. So the, the deal is, uh, yeah. So uh, she's, like, you have to inject my daughter with this insulin. Otherwise, she's going to die. So and Forrest, she's like, take whatever you want. Please just save my daughter. I yeah, don't she's, care. She's just like, fuck off already. Um, so uh, they Forrest Whitaker, out of the kindness of his little heart, uh, injects her, injects little baby case do and, and saves her life. Yep. But she's like crashed. She's like crashed and burned and weak. Case do is like not doing so hot. She's not doing so hot. But then Forrest goes back to his business, drills open that safe. And guess what? <laughs> A bajillions of dollars there in is bonds. Twenty-two million dollars worth of bonds in there, and Jared Leto's now dead character had told them there was only three. Uh, yeah, and the three was the reveal. The three was the reveal, and so then there was twenty-two million dollars in this panic um, room. Yeah, so I'm like jackpot, guys. But honestly, I get it. Kill that family. sorry guys Um, you're gonna have to go yeah like i got bills to pay um but anyway so um yeah so uh, um jody foster while she's running around the house she is she's kind of wise to the idea that like they're not going to make it out of this alive and they are witnesses they know what people look like like they're like the wild card is going to kill them which is um Rahul, Dwight Yoakam, yeah. like oh, Dwight yeah. Yoakam is going to kill them before they go. So she's like setting up these little things um, ahead of time. So she's, she's like, basically home aloneing this house. She, she is very much home aloneing the ex-husband who's like legs are broken, <laughs> yeah, arms is. are broken. <laughs> and he's like propped up in a chair with like a gun that's like a propped like up on a, on a lamp. A gun. <laughs> Yeah, she yeah. duct tape a gun. <laughs> right, right. And did you? I it's like very the, cartoon. It is very cartoon, and like she like kind of like shifts the chair so that he's pointing yes. the gun at the <laughs> at the staircase for whenever they come uh-huh. down. And uh, like, it's but yeah, but but they're, it's kind of comical. It's comic. It would be comical, but the editing in this movie, I gotta say, is actually really, really good. Oh, it's very good. The the editing, the film, the the photography of this. So, long story short, so we can sum this up. Yeah, the, yeah. The robbers try to. It's like a reverse where the the robbers now have to try to get out alive. Yes, now and, they um, have to. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so it all culminates and climaxes into, um, 
uh, there being a scuffle in the living room. Yes. Uh, Rahul nearly kills uh, Jodie Foster. Yep. <clears throat> she punches baby case Stu in the face. Oh, he, t- oh, she flies. <laughs> she, he decks her in the eye. Literal and she flies punches. into the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> he launches her, her little, little gay body across the room. Flails and crumples into the fireplace. But she also, this is, this is uh, what, right after she jumps on him and stabs him with her little uh, insulin needles? I thought that was cool. Cause like, I it, was, it, was, it was all hands on deck, which I, I liked. loved that. There she was like, a, you know what? Whatever. There, there was nary a passive character in this movie. Nope. Um, so she jumps on and has all these insulin needles and starts stabbing, stabbing him repeatedly in the neck. I can't, I, John, truly my body, I would have given up. Did you cringe? I would have given up. Did you cringe? It reminded me of that scene in Saw 2 when homegirl oh, gets yeah. tossed into the pit of needles. Oh yeah. And she's still trying to clamor her way out. She, and she just, but case two said, I'm going to stab this fucker. And he punches her so hard. And it's not just one needle. It's a handful of needles. Yeah. It's two. <laughs> I believe it's two or three. It's either two or three needles. And she yeah. just starts going at it. Yeah. That I admired that because it's also as, as a teenager watching this, I was like, yeah, kids being active. Yep. She was like, I'm going to die with my mom and I'm going to do it if I have to. She just should have stabbed him in the back of the head. Yeah, it's a very cool character to yeah. play as like a teen actor, I think. Right, because it was also a strong character that's like, I really only need help. Yeah, she's not some just like kid. She's not helpless. Yeah, yeah. So she's like actively doing things the entire movie too. She so is, which is cool. I like she's that She's sort of doing more than Jodie Foster in some instances. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, uh, but anyway, so uh, that happens. Um uh, Forrest Whitaker's character comes back to save the day. He kills, does because he's he, leaving. Yeah, he comes. So he's about to escape scot free with twenty two million dollars. But he hears the scuffle going on. He comes back, shoots Rahul in the head, back of the head, saves Jodie Foster and the family, and then tries to get out as the police arrive. Yeah, and then he actually gets um, found out before he's able to to leave and arrested <sighs> and. He has like a handful of bonds worth $22 million and they're like, uh, raise your hands, let go of whatever you have going on. And that $22 million gets lost in a windy rain tornado. In a windy rain tornado is the perfect (laughs) description because John, as those things were being sucked away by the wind, I was like, my heart (sighs) sank for those $22 million that will never be spent. Honestly, yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a nice sense of irony. It's a payoff. It's uh, <laughs> not a so, payoff for them. No, Let me tell not. you what. Two people are dead. Forrest Whitaker's going to prison. And all he yeah. wanted to do was have enough money to take care of his children. And he fucked his yeah. whole life. He and he and the irony is that he would have been he would have gotten away with it had he not saved Jodie Foster's life. Yep. He could have just ran. Yeah. But they would have seen him. They would have seen him. So yeah, you can only get so far with $22 million. Exactly. And what are you going to do with those bonds anyway? Yeah. Like how are you going to cash that in? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so that's the movie. It ends with the resolution of Jodie Foster and little baby case do looking for a new place to live. They decided (laughs) they said, you know what? We can't be in this panic room anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're just, we're done with this. It was a bad first night for them, for sure. You know, t- I mean, really talk about. But how did you like about, it, by the way? Like, John, did you, I liked it. It was your first time watching it. Like, what were your thoughts? John, I liked it. I did. Yeah. I really did. I thought this was a good movie. Um, if you have not watched it and you don't care that you've just heard the entire thing, I do recommend there's a lot of stuff that we have left out. We've only given you bits and pieces. We've kind of given you the bigger parts, the abridged but, version, but like I, I liked it. Like I hadn't seen it in a really long time, but I I've seen it a few times, but like I watched it again this time after like, it's just a, such a, I hate the, the term, but it's such a taut thriller. Like, well, can like I it, say it starts off really strong and then and then you're like, OK, it's really hard to. So by the time they are in the panic room, we're only 30 minutes in and this is like a two hour movie. So like 
like, I'm like, okay, how are they going to fill the whole second act, which is like the majority of the film? And like, how are they going to do that in a way that's really tense and compelling and keep ramping up stakes? They managed it. Yeah, because that's really hard to do to create a story where it's like your your um, your protagonist, your main characters, your good guys are trapped in a little tiny panic room with limited resources and like you're you're sort of like writing yourself into a corner at that point. But like well, they uh, they do it. Well, it also helps that they they uh, all they wrote basically a criminal version of the three stooges who really helped <laughs> yeah. drive the plot forward. Yeah. You um, know, that, I think that was a really good choice too, because to have three robbers. Cause they could have had, they could have just had two. It wouldn't have made sense at and that point. It would have been rated our home alone. Yeah. It is rated our home alone kind of already, but it's like these three, um, uh, I feel like the three robbers are sort of carrying the narrative. They are. They they drive they, the plot. they have riffs going on. They well, have they, secrets that are revealed. Uh-huh. They have different motivations. Like not they're all three of them are not on the same page about why they're here. Well, it's hard to and say, what and also what they're willing to do. Well, we do know at this point, pretty much in the beginning, we do know that Raul's like, I'm going to kill these people. Period. Plain and simple. Yeah, Everyone yeah, like else he comes off out. as like he comes <laughs> off as like the shark in the water for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Other, I mean, outside of that, I thought the cinematography was cool. You get your David Fincher green cast. Uh, I don't mind it. I think it works. Um, yeah. And they, they did the whole, like, I mean, it, it works that it's like a giant house too. Like what were some things that you didn't like though? Were um, there any things in there that you particularly were like, uh, I would have done this different or I wouldn't have done this period. Uh, yes, actually there are a couple of things. Um, I did not, appreciate or like that um so like whenever the propane tank it's catches a blaze yes that fire just goes out on its own john like i said i don't I'm know like, her but like, i also kind of felt the same <laughs> yeah. way like it, it just like it, it the propane tank serves a couple of different arbitrary purposes i think um but Overall, I'm like that wall is not even on fire. I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm like that, like that whole room would have been smoke filled. <sighs> Neighbors would have seen smoke coming out the windows. The worst thing that happened was Slody Foster got a, you saw a burn on her hand and the wall was super damaged when it got launched into it. Yeah. But it's like isolated. I'm like, yeah, no, it didn't, ma'am. no, it no. was weird. No, if it Jared Leto's face and arm can catch fire, that wall would have caught fire. Yeah, for so, sure. And then they would I, have I'm died in you. that panic room. Yeah, I'm there with you on that. Uh, and also, I would say um, another thing was it was uh, I, oh man, I had a point to like even bring this up. It, it was something with the police when they were at the door and they were like, "You can tell us." Like, it's okay. You can say whatever. Yeah. So the police come in. I didn't understand why they had come. So in the, in the very end, the police come and like raid the place, like after, after, uh, Forrest Whitaker kills Rahul. And I'm just like, why did they come back? They came back because that guy at the door did not believe her. He kept grilling her. He didn't then believe why did her. It take so long. Because they had to get a grip of people there. Because if you notice, they had the snipers at the end. You have different people. So at that point, they're probably calling a different form of police unit. Yeah, but for some reason, and it's it just New didn't York. The cops never me. show up. Yeah, like, and they're not, they're not going to show up with a SWAT team with like, they burst it in there. They didn't they even had knock. SWAT. It was full SWAT. And then on top of the SWAT team, you still had the two original police that showed up at the door. Yeah. Which is a point we left out for all of you guys. We're not going to go into it. I feel like the police only arrived to arrest Forrest Whitaker and Uh have that moment. Yeah. Otherwise that, that could have been out for me. Like I would have been cool if Forrest Whitaker just gets away scot-free. Listen, John, me too, because I was like this, if he gets away, he saved their life. He now has $22 million and they don't care. They're rich as hell. What do they care? Also, they could have blamed the entire thing on the two dead people in the house. Yes. I would be like, you know what I would have done if I were Forrest Whitaker and what could have been like a cooler payoff 
is if he like threw down like half of that half of those bonds and like gave it to Jodie Foster. But she's like, like a, she's like a bajillionaire anyway. Uh, she didn't she doesn't it. care. She was like, take the money, take She's whatever like, oh, you I want. She's like, I can buy groceries this week. Thanks. She's not, oh, a trip to Trader Joe's. <laughs> She's like, I'm so, not panhandling, honey. No, <laughs> she didn't care at all. So I, I'm with you on that. I do think it would have been cool that if he had been able to get away. Yeah, yeah. Um. Uh. Oh, there was also an, another inconsistency. Um. Oh, yeah. Like there were so many um security monitors in the panic room, and we only ever see one security camera. Well, it's also strange, too, that at the end, when Slody Foster is going around the house destroying the cameras and Raul, it's like, why didn't we think of that? And I'm yeah, like, he's, I don't he's know. basically being the audience at that point. Yeah. Because and the I was audience, like, that, 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 that's a writer anticipating what a what an audience member might think about the logic of the whole thing and then like calling it out and like taking ownership of it. And to, to like diffuse any sort of like, oh, this is fucked up and stupid. From they the didn't audience. Even, I'm going to be honest with you. Had they not put that in there, I wouldn't have given it a second thought. But since he brought it up, I would have called attention given it, to it. Right. John, he, I was like, why didn't they do that? And I know what you're doing now. Yeah. And I don't. I also I did not care that they didn't do it because they didn't seem prepared. They didn't have to. Because they were caught off guard. They were caught off guard. They did not have to destroy the cameras. So at that point, guess what? Why would you think of doing it? You don't have to call attention to the fact that you didn't. They the robbers utilize the cameras as a way to get their way in. And so like why would why would they destroy that and ruin their chances of being able to communicate with Jodie Foster who has what they need? That to me, that was one that and the propane tank thing was one of the two most glaring things for me. Yeah. There's another very large thing in my head that I can't quite remember, but I'm going to text you later. <laughs> Wait, I really wish that I can't. I'm like really struggling. It sucks. It sucks because I'm like, I was like, I'm going to bring this up for sure. Well, even if you will bring it up in the next episode, you'll remember it and we'll bring it up Yeah, because we can bring it up in the beginning. But overall, but out of out of out of five stars. Well, what was the Metacritic? Like, did we get a Rotten Tomatoes score oh, on this? What oh, was like oh, an yeah. audience score? Uh, yeah, so um, uh, I'm going to do it right here on the fly. So panic room. Because I kind of want to know what the tomato meter was for this. You know what I loved? I love to call the tomato meter the tomatometer. Yeah. This, oh, wait, that's actually kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I see like that Rotten Tomatoes, I'm like, oh, the tomatometer. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, I have all these numbers up. They made so much of their money back. Like, oh, I didn't even tell you that. So they're opening like their whole gross, which is only like measured for like the first few weeks of performance theatrically the theatrical release of this it grossed 197 million dollars in 2002 yeah they made their money back there was that many people i feel like went to see this yeah i mean it was a why was i not aware it was a huge release for columbia and sony like wow giant yeah like they they really put their whole money into like this this one contained thriller which is which worked it totally works but they don't do that anymore they just do spider-man um (laughs) so yeah so we're gonna go to uh panic room reviews or rotten tomatoes well i'm gonna say this before we get that yeah Um, you fill in the space so out of 10, uh, how, what do they call them? CCTV, CV, TV, CC, uh, uh, who closed cares? Closed circuit televisions. Yes, closed circuit. Out of 10 closed circuit televisions, I'm going to give this, I'm going to give this eight and like a staticky one. So like. <laughs> <laughs> one that's like glitching out. Yeah, one that's kind of glitching out. So I'm giving it a full eight working closed circuit <laughs> televisions and like a glitching one. Because yeah, so on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no, that's okay. Just because I, I fully enjoyed this movie and I wish I had seen it in theaters. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was good in theaters because it was like, also they have a lot of the cinematography aspect, which is cinematography was so cool. How they go through the walls and stuff. Yeah. And for 2002, it was like, oh, 
and it still holds up. It still kind of holds up today because right, it is very CGI and you're like, OK, we're in CGI, but you know what? They're doing OK with it. They did well for 2002. And I'm like, I'm, I can work with this. Yeah, we're going to work with it. So, yeah, I, so yeah. the comment, the common reviews are basically giving a nod to the cinematography and the directing. Um, and it's also cast very well, they say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that like it's all very common, very complimentary of like. It's it's an original piece of work. It's not based on something and it, they do a really good job. It was like everybody's like great job, David Fincher and Jodie Foster and Little Baby Case do. And I feel yeah. like, in my opinion, Little Baby Case do would not have ever been in Twilight had she not done this movie. Because this was this at the time, this was a major motion picture and she was supposed to star alongside Nicole Kidman, which is insane. And, and also, so, so Nicole Kidman, uh, so yeah, she injured her knee originally on Moulin Rouge, which this was her follow up to Moulin Rouge. Damn. Yeah. So she was an enormous figure. They could have just used a leg brace and used it as like a part of the character. They could, I think, I think she had like a really bad injury, but so the tomatometer is actually only 76% fresh. Really? Which is weird. And the audience score is even less than that, which is 64%. That's weird. Well, to me, I think because I did appreciate the cinematography and how well they were able to do this movie with five and five and a half people. Yeah. Um, like I, thought, I think it's I think it's a very well done. I I think out of like five CCTVs, I would rate this out of four because it is a genre piece it's it's not like a sprawling drama oh you're doing oh you're doing five tvs not 10 i did it i did 10 oh wait, you're doing 10 okay yeah so so out of 10 i'd give it a seven you're gonna give it a seven okay yeah so i gave it eight and a flickering one it's not a half it's yeah. just like a flickering i'm giving it, it an eight it's a it's a genre film it's it's very like hitchcockian inspired there's like a lot and i feel like they edited it the editing alone was like a hundred percent for me like this this movie this isolated thriller inside of a home inside of a panic room could have been very dull and boring yes but the way it was filmed and shot and edited and directed makes it very engaging yeah that's why I think that's why mine, I think that's why my rating is the way it is because yeah. those are truly my points. Yeah. Cause there's like, there's like choices of, of shots. Like, and like they could have just shown a propane tank hooked up to a vent by a hose. Yeah. But the director and the photographer, they decided to do a long sprawling shot from, from the, yeah. the propane tank all the way up yeah. that snaky hose and into the vent and through the vent and into the panic room. It was really cool. Yeah. So there were very smart choices. It was cool. So I guess, um, I guess, yeah, I, I recommend it. I recommend me too. I recommend the movie. If you don't mind after hearing this, go back and watch it. Also, <laughs> what we say every time is our opinion, our opinion, even if we like it or not, there are going to be times when we don't like it. These yeah. people put in a lot of hard work. We're talking about cast, crew members, everyone yeah. trying Nicole to make Kidman, something. Hairline fracture. Nicole Kidman, hairline fracture. Um, <laughs> and so we're, we will not disparage any of these people. You're never going to hear that from us. And if you think we are, we do apologize because our true intent is to just watch this, have fun. And have fun with you guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's all so, good fun. But with that, like, um, so if you liked this and other, and you want more, go back subscribe. and give our other ones a listen. Yeah. And also follow, subscribe, comment, give us a little bit of feedback. Um, and uh, yeah. If you have a movie, if you have a movie oh, you want us to yeah. watch, we have an email. It's Mean Girls interrupted at gmail.com is in the description box anywhere you get your podcast okay yeah if you want to hear us uh chirp and squirp and and send us send us a movie you think we should watch it can be a foreign film it can be anything no joke Uh, yeah oh you know i was thinking crouching tiger hidden dragon the other day john i but the thing is it's like it's too easy that's for real one of my favorite movies of all time it's very very good i can't there's not a review for me on that because John, I go back to that movie sometimes just to watch for how beautiful it is. Um, extraordinarily groundbreaking. It's one of the most gorgeous movies I've ever seen. And for, for the late nineties, John, it's so good. 
It's that like, is so good. I have goosebumps. I have goosebumps. I'm imagining them just slowly <laughs> bouncing across. Sorry, guys. We're <laughs> that, that, that like invented a genre. Oh, by God, the way, it was amazing. Invented a genre. An amazing movie. Watch that, everyone. Crouching would Tiger, Ma- Hidden Dragon. Would Matrix Dragon. be the same without Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? No. I know. I know. Um, I don't one, think it would one be. came before the other, but like Matrix came before the other, but it was very influenced by that. I just don't think it would be the same. No, never. But with that, everyone, um, we're uh, done. Yeah. We don't and know. We're gonna we're gonna <laughs> sign off right now, and then we're also gonna see you at the movies. Roll the credits. Yes, <laughs> gangs.